0: We're back with another PW Torch VIP podcast vault for Saturday, March 2nd, 2024. Today we jump back 18 years to the March 2nd, 2006 TNA Impact Update with a look at the latest happenings in TNA at that time with James Caldwell and Paul Madavi. They discuss current events, including the buildup of the Christian Cage-Monty Brown feud, Brown's development as a wrestler, the lack of creativity with Christian's promos, TNA not taking advantage of Christian's connection with the audience, Alex Shelley's voyeuristic exploits, whether Alex Shelley will slide into the background once Sting returns, Ron Killings, now known as R Truth, getting his push, the mixed signals of TNA putting Killings in a tag team role, and a discussion of the April all-cage lockdown pay-per-view format. This is the latest in our ongoing series of some of the earliest surviving insider pro wrestling podcasts you'll find anywhere, and we bring them to you exclusively here at PW Torch VIP.
1: This is Torch Columnist James Caldwell alongside Torch Specialist Paul Madavi. We're going to be talking a little bit about TNA here on March the 1st. How are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing good. I'm ready to go. Had my video game fixed, drank some caffeine. I'm ready.
1: Caffeine and video games are always a good start to any TNA audio discussion. Uh, Let's just go ahead and run down the menu real quick to give the listeners a feel for what we'll be talking about. Uh, We're going to be talking about Alex Shelley, tying that into Sting, and also talking about Ron Killings, Christian Cage, and Monty Brown, talking about some of the key storylines and feuds and matches to look forward to. Uh, Let's start off talking about Alex Shelley. Uh, Paul, first of all, before we dive into the big issue with Alex Shelley, what did you think of his uh, segment on the Impact show uh, where he showed footage of following Sting around Southern California?
2: Okay, well, I think I think that video package and also the little like spoiler on the website, or the little teaser on the website, were both really they were both really kind of interesting because they had Alex Shelley has a very unique kind of sense of humor that you don't really see in wrestling a lot, and you could see he injected some of that into those uh into those little vignettes. So, it, it, you know. It wasn't your standard stalker angle. There was actually something kind of uh really funny and cool about the way Shelley went about doing it. And I I just thought it was really good T V because it was not the type of thing you typically see on wrestling because of that, that sense of humor that Alex Shelley brought to, to the character and to kind of his job. So uh I like it. And uh sting is
0: ratings.
1: As we found out with the rating coming in at a 0.9, despite Sting not being on the show, but even the slightest tease of Sting drew a rating. Uh, you know, talking about Alex Shelley in that video camera spot, it wasn't the same storyline that we've seen from TNA over and over. It's, it's not, it wasn't the same formula, you know, squash match or backstage promo. In that way, do you think it was a really good move to go in this direction with Alex Shelley to give him? Something to do that isn't the same thing we've seen over and over again from TNA.
2: Absolutely. Uh, you know, they're, they're they're basically letting him kind of escape the confines of the X Division for a little while. And I think that's something they should make a regular practice. When they're done with Alex Shelley, you know, maybe you put Petey Williams in some main event angles so then he can develop a personality, uh, an on-air character, by doing, you know, something memorable. And, uh, you know, then you have a revitalized X-Division star, and you also get, you know, the benefit of having uh, the X-Division guys put on some nice matches for the heavyweights.
1: Yeah. When you look at Alex Shelley, do you see this as they're using him in the main event spotlight? You know, is it a one-time thing, or do you see this video series propelling him to have a more permanent role in one of the main slots? Because, you know, when Sting comes back... I mean the feeling that I'm getting is that Shelley will drop in the background, Sting will feud with Jarrett, or do you think that Shelley and Sting will feud and that Shelley will remain part of the main event spotlight
2: The, the theory that I kind of have is that uh, they'll, they'll do the old the old one two with Sting where he'll actually come in and he'll have to face Shelley first, you know for whatever reason um, Jarrett you know won't. won't Wrestle until uh, he wrestles Shelly first, or he's so mad at Shelly for the, the voyeurism. But whatever. I, th- I think Shelly will wrestle Sting, and, and he will do the job. And and that'll be set up for the, the Sting versus uh, Jarrett match after that. So they're just going to draw out Sting one more pay-per-view that way. And they'll, you know, they'll save that, that final moment that everyone's looking for of, of Sting. Uh, getting the best of Jared.
1: So would you say that theoretically best case scenario for all involved parties is to have Sting come back and feud with Shelly before he goes on to a program with you know Jared or Christian or Monty Brown? Does that is that seem to be the best way to resolve this storyline? So Shelly gets the main event rubbed from Sting and Sting comes back and the fans go happy and the ratings go up whatnot. Is that the best way to do it? Does Sting just go right into a feud with Shelly?
2: I think so. I mean, it seems to make sense to me, Uh but, you know, I'm not a booker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it makes sense to me. It seems like Shelly gets some rub. Sting gets to put on kind of a strong match versus a guy that, that's lighter than what he's used to working with and who's a little more athletic. And if Shelly bumps bumps for Sting, it could be good rub for both of them, you know? Um So, yeah, I think it's a a wise move. It does everybody some good. And in the long run, Jarrett looks, you know, still at the very top of the card.
1: I think that's, you know, if they're going to use Jarrett in the main event role, as it seems to be, it's inevitable that's going to happen. You know, I think it would be nice for Shelly and Sting to have their feud, have Jarrett involved in some ways, to transition to Jarrett Sting. Uh, And going off on a tangent real quick, something I wanted to get your thoughts on, is Jackie Gaeta and how she fits into the Alex Shelley, Jeff Jarrett, Gail Kim storyline. Uh, how do you feel about the way they resolved the Jackie Gaeta, dirt on Jarrett storyline, where all of a sudden she is the one being blackmailed instead of her doing the blackmail? Uh, what do you make of Jackie's involvement in this entire storyline?
2: We had joked about how long the storyline was going to last. Yeah. And it looks like it's going to go a while longer. Either they didn't really know where they wanted to go with it, or for some reason they had to bail out of a certain plan. Um, It seems like they're just prolonging this now where she's going to be humiliated for a while, and eventually they're going to find a way for her to get back at Jarrett and his whole bunch and finally get to play the original tape and stuff. But I don't think they have that plan written down yet, so we're just going with this for a
1: while. Yeah, it seemed like they had something in mind for Raven or someone else to come in and swoop out Jackie and get her out from under the situation. And they decided, okay, well, that didn't work out, so let's go in a different direction. Let's have Jackie dress up, you know, in ridiculous outfits and have a, a ponytail and a broomstick. And yeah. It, it just seemed, you know, like you said, I think they were going a different direction. It didn't work out. And this is a temporary thing to, until someone, until they figure out some way to resolve it. What do you see as best-case scenario for... How the storyline is resolved, either next month or six months or a year from now.
2: I, I think the best thing to do is is really um, just go ahead and make a decision about what you want to have happen right now, uh, and, and use Jackie to that end. They had set it up with some pretty good intrigue, and it has the association with the whole Alex Shelley uh, voyeur cam action there, and and so and and the skits have been pretty good. I, I felt like up until that last one, the outfit was just ridiculous. Um, but I felt like it had a little bit of steam building, and they might as, they've might just killed that, so they might as well just, just find whatever, whatever thing they need to do, or if they want to get Killings over, have him come in and save the day.
1: Speaking of Ron Killings, we'll transition to him. Uh, what do you make of how they're pushing Ron Killings on TV? They've been featuring him in a lot of video packages, talking about his life stories and the eight-man tag match to the pay-per-view. Uh, what do you make of this new push for Ron Killings as the single guy who's not part of the 4-Life crew now?
2: Well, um, I think it's a good idea to, to have Ron Killings develop as a character and, and to have him out as a singles wrestler. Um He's a former champ. Uh, in fact, from the early days of TNA, and that gives him still gives him immense credibility with the fans. From what I've seen, a pretty good wrestler. He's got a unique style. He's athletic. He's strong. Um, and and everything about giving him a singles push makes sense to me. Uh, he I'm, he works well with Rhino, and and uh, could probably work great with Christian. You know, so it makes sense. But uh, and then. The first thing they do is they tag him up with Rhino right away. Do
1: you think that's a good move, or is that an error? Well,
2: it's mixed mixed messages. Because you get these vignettes that say, oh, here's Ron Killings. Here's his life story. You know, him as an individual. This is what he's about. And they're like, and here's he is in a tag team with with another really big baby face. And, you know, so it's it's either going to be about Ron Killings or it's not. So they need to
1: pick one. Do you think it's that TNA doesn't have confidence in Ron Killings as a single guy, or is it just a matter of sticking him with Rhino because they're trying to get as many people on television as possible, and they figured, okay, we'll just team two babyfaces together. They seem to be at the same level of fan interest, so we'll see if they work.
2: I mean, it could be any number of things that they're planning to do. Maybe they're establishing some history with Rhino and and Killings for later on, or, you know, maybe one of them's going to turn. You know, there could be any number of things. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense right now. It might make sense in the future.
1: How would you like to see him booked um, after this eight-man tag match where he'll be, you know, have a prominent role as one of the big baby faces in the eight-man tag match of the pay-per-view? Would, who would you like to see him feud with? Or what are some programs you would like to see him utilized in that would accentuate his strength as a singles wrestler who, as you said, has a lot of unique, you know, attributes, his unique style?
2: Well, I I think he and Christian would be able to put on a pretty athletic match, uh, if Christian, you know, is uh able able to keep up with Killings. I I'd like to see them wrestle, I think that'd be fun. Uh Monty Brown and Ron Killings have two really contrasting styles, but they're both very flashy. So um I think that would that would be fun to see. That, and this is the, the great thing about killings, I think, is you you can really see him working a match with almost anybody uh, and still have it pretty inter- be pretty entertaining and enjoyable because he's so versatile. You know, he's got an array of power moves and, and cruiserweight moves. I haven't seen a lot of submissions from him, but, you know, that's not really necessary.
1: Well, yeah, happy. I mean, TNA, <laughs> there aren't too many submission moves on TNA television, it seems, because they don't have a whole lot of time to go for the rest holds or the submission holds. <laughs> right. that- to you know, to to break down the match and have a transition to the next spot,
2: and then you see these crazy holds on pay per view. It's like they go from zero to sixty. Uh, there's no in between.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's going to get any better either, uh, with only sixty minutes of television. And uh, you know, just off on a tangent, real quick, what do you make? What are your overall impressions of the move to Thursday? Um, I don't think we've heard you talk about this. Uh, do you think it's a great move as uh, transitioning to a primetime spot, or is it not address the problem, which is, you know, 60 minutes, you have to rush so much television uh, or so much action on the television?
2: Um, I mean, I think in an ideal world, Spike would have gotten all the way behind it and said, yeah, Thursday, two hours. But, you know, it looks like they're still feeling Spike out, or, the, or Spike is still feeling PNA out a little bit. Um I think that's that's part of it but it's it's definitely better you know this is not the, the spectacular news it could have been but it's all but it's pretty good news they're gonna be on primetime on a night that for many fans still associate with pro wrestling um, so uh, you know i I, I'm, I don't think anything bad is gonna come out of them being on Thursday that's for sure um, it's not gonna solve a lot of their issues but I think they'll get to a point where over probably the next year or so where Spike will go ahead and and clear them for two hours.
1: The way they book television, do you think they absolutely have to change the way they do it? I mean, fundamentally change? Or can they just make small tweaks to bring in a more consistent audience that isn't just so dependent on whether Sting is on the show or not?
2: I'm not a very good judge of what most wrestling fans like. You know, I, I have some very specific tastes. So, things that I would like to see are are not necessarily the things that would increase ratings. Um, I I think they do need to make some fundamental changes to to the show, to the format, and um, maybe the whole idea of pay-per-views every four weeks, no matter what, you know.
1: Well, what do you think that the average wrestling fan wants to see? Or, you know, TNA is presented as the alternative, and in being so... What do you think that mainstream wrestling fans who are tuning into the show, what do you think they want to see from a wrestling show?
2: Wrestling fans want to see a, a cool uh, heavyweight who is also a badass, uh, is what I think. Cause if, if you look at um, the last few really big names in, in pro wrestling, it, it's, it's been the character, obviously, that defines them. Rick Flair and Hulk Hogan and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and, and and The Rock, those guys were all about the character and the personality. And TNA needs somebody who is that kind of larger than life character, and it's it's a very rare thing in wrestling to find that guy. But they they just need to basically bide their time and be as smart as they can until they find. One of those guys do you Cause, think... cause all the old all the old guys can't do it anymore. they can't do it the way they used to, and they really got to stop looking at the older guys and they got to start finding people who look like they might fit that mold.
1: Is there anyone on the current roster who you see uh, either right now or down the road with some character development maybe some uh, some vignettes and some storylines and Programs to other wrestlers, is there anyone on the roster they have right now who could be, other than Samoa Joe, who's the obvious choice? Besides Samoa Joe, do you see anyone else on this roster who could be that breakout mainstream star who defines that larger than life character in wrestling?
2: I I don't think so. I mean, there's nobody that obviously stands out. I mean, um, you look at Monty Brown, and, and, you know, he's very good at what he does, but, you know, that's. That's not, uh, it's just not on the same level. And I think he's pretty much the best in the company as far as presenting the character. Um, So I don't think I see anybody on the roster right now. Bobby Roode actually has, I felt like if he was given a more complex character, he could become very good. Um, And he stands out a little, but I don't think he would reach that kind of level either. Yeah,
1: it seems like he's the one-dimensional enforcer, but he doesn't have the Arn Anderson subtle characteristics. He seems to be, you know, TNA has taken one aspect as the enforcer and seemingly done a WWE and made that the entire gimmick, and we don't have a right. lot of dimensions to his character.
2: Yeah. No, it, it would be nice to see him with some unique characteristic. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they just... They, they just got to keep doing what they're doing. Just be smart. Try and book stuff that people want to see, and uh, do a decent enough job building story around it.
1: And you talked about Monty Brown, and let's go ahead and talk about uh, Monty Brown and Christian Cage. They have the NWA title match on Sunday at the destination, or not on Sunday, but in a couple Sundays at the Destination X pay per view. Uh, what What do you see from these two? Uh, they had their first match at December at the Turning Point pay per view. It was Christian's first uh, TNA match with Monty Brown, uh, first match overall. What did you, what do you see from these two guys at the pay-per-view in the NWA title match?
2: I think it's going to be pretty good. Um, I thought the last one was pretty good, and I don't know how much better they'll do. But uh, I'll definitely watch the match, and I'm sure, I'm pretty sure I'll enjoy it. So um, I think they'll do well. You know what, I think... What I think they really should be doing is giving them like two segments a show. Those guys can really work the microphone, the both of them, and they've shown that they can work pretty well with each other. Uh, last time they were fusing. So I, instead of you know the whole um, at, you know as as important this thing is, you know those segments run pretty long. Yeah. Um, those those viewing parties. So. Um, give a little, give the champ a little time, you know. Let him work the microphone, and let Monty work the microphone. They're both really good at
1: it. When you look at the the feud between Cage and Monty Brown, as you said, it's taken sort of a backseat to the Sting storyline. Do you think they they can have a successful feud, either at some point down the line between these two, or is this the only chance that they will have to have to really have a good feud? And do you think TNA? isn't doing a good enough job giving them giving them time to have, you know, multiple segments and have the interaction, have the the Triple H and John Cena segment in the ring, you know, not trying to take each other's heat, but just having that that big moment in the ring to build up the feud.
2: I I really think the, they they need to save their their ring time for the pay-per-view. Um neither of them are, are going to be able to put on you know A few really great matches in a row, so they they need to kind of save their ideas and tricks for the pay per view. But really, what they need to do is just cut each other up twice a show—one of them at the beginning and one of them at the end—and they just go back and forth like that until that until the pay per view. And um, as far as you know, how many times are these guys going to wrestle? I I see them wrestling a lot over the next you know five years. If, if they both stay in TNA that long. Um, yeah, I, I could see them having three or four different feuds over over that kind of span and just build build a solid history with them. Because they are gonna be, I think, some of TNA's first, you know, exclusive big name stars.
1: Do you think that if TNA brings in some, some of these rumored stars, especially for the uh the third the first Thursday night show, do you think that's going to overshadow Christian and Causes title reign to look like a transition title reign, and will that hurt his credibility for future pay per view matches or future feuds with other wrestlers?
2: Uh, I don't think it has to. There's no reason that you know the, the whole you know they have whoever the, this legend is, this uh, Monday Night Warrior, uh, whoever they're bringing in for that first show. Uh, if if he's used to, to prop up Christian. You know, that would be that would be ideal. You get the big name out there to uh, draw the ratings and then use the whole thing to put Christian over somehow. So uh, that, that's a really good way of getting your, your champion and your belt over, I think. That could very well be the plan.
1: Let's hope so, because I think Christian has a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> I just think he has a lot of drawing power, and I don't think TNA is realizing that. I don't think... The, the opening show promo, you know, the basic, the same promo that we've heard over and over again. It's the same thing we've heard from not only Christian, but from other wrestlers, and I just don't see them doing anything unique with him as champion so far, and I don't think they're taking advantage of what makes him unique, and that's his connection with the fans. It seems he's just having these, these promos that we've heard, and it's just it's just something that, you know, okay, that's fine, but... What are you doing to really establish yourself and create a niche for yourself as the new face of TNA, as the new NWA champion?
2: Yeah, that's I mean that's clearly lacking at this point. Um, but he has another month after this, so we'll see what, what they do with him next month. <laughs>
1: yeah, i, I I'm, You know, it might be a tag match next month.
2: Well, yeah, or or, or it could be uh, a giant gimmick match. When is when is the all
1: uh, all cage pay per view? When is that? That would be April, yeah, the lockdown pay per view.
2: Lockdown. Did you hear my idea about lockdown?
1: No, I haven't. What did you say?
2: Well you have there's nine nine matches, right?
1: Uh eh, eight or nine, yeah.
2: Eight or nine. So you have nine cages just stacked on top of each other. And the floor slides down in between them, uh at the end of each match. So the first match of the card is at the top. And then and then the floor drops, and then you've got, you know, 40 feet of fence that they have to climb over and get out to, to escape. And then that way, by the time you get to the main event, there's 180 feet of fence to climb.
1: Or you can use the door. Is that possible? Is that logistically now, possible? No, that's impossible. <laughs> you can't do that. Uh, but they should find a way. Put it, you know, put in the budget. I'm sure, you know... Cut, cut a few corners here and there for the next month or so and then have a, a giant cage structure built that's a super war game
2: style yeah well at least have a uh, you know el- elimination chamber style uh, computer graphic generated you know diagrams and uh, models of the thing just so you can see what it would look like at least and promise it and then just you know don't deliver it That that's smart booking that's, that's the way to go. You gotta sucker
1: him in. And then, of course, they don't come back next month because you promise. <laughs> you promise something else. And like, okay, you didn't deliver last month. Okay. Come on, Paul. Well,
2: like <laughs> I said, I'm not in the wrestling business. I don't know. Uh, I don't know the best way to make money
1: <laughs> with wrestling. Talking about uh, Monty Brown and. you you look at his in-ring work right now, and he's doing the squash matches. He's not really having competitive matches that test his skills or his ability to connect with the audience in a five- or ten-minute match. Is that going to hurt him, not only against Christian at the pay-per-view, but in the long term, where they continue to put off his development?
2: There's no reason he can't do those matches uh, and and just not air them. If it's if he needs to work on on wrestling then that's what, you know, DNA should be doing with him. I don't know if that's the issue or, or what, but um, if if the guy can work those kinds of matches, then they should absolutely let him do it. Um, and if he can not they should uh get him to a point where he can. That's really what they need to do for for getting the most out of him on the ground and and potentially making lots of money on him because I think you can.
1: Very good. Uh, Paul, your final thoughts as uh, on any other topic, any topic that we haven't hit on, uh, as we wrap up the discussion on TNA tonight?
2: Uh, no, I think just uh, Alex Shelley, man. I think he's going places. I think he's going to get some pretty good mic time.
1: Well, what was your favorite scene from the video of uh, Shelley following Sting Around? I think it was the one where... Uh, he, he was talking about
2: how kids these uh, kids suck at basketball <laughs> the, kid, the kid makes the shot yeah I yeah. thought that was pretty good that was pretty good
1: yeah I mean that was that was it's, classic heel showing ass yeah yeah <laughs> but in a very
2: different but, way you know, it, it was Shelly was very uh, very funny I thought I really enjoyed it
1: very good Paul well uh, thank you again right. for, for your time and uh, we'll talk to you again Oh, thanks for having me on.